I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 15 of the Daily Intermission. My name's Greg. I'm joined by my co-host, Nate. Nate, what's up, my man? Not much. How the fuck are you doing? Listen, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm real good. You know, I'm unfortunately watching our uh, our Sabres get pounded, or not our Sabres, our Senators get pounded uh, by the Jets and... Uh, yep. You know, my Bruins are outplaying the Flyers but losing. But you know what? Life's okay. You know, followed the PGA Tour today in California, the American Express Open. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, things in the sports world are well, so that usually dictates how I am personally. So I'm doing well, Nathan. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that, Gregory. Um, yeah, the Sens is, uh, I'd say, unless they have a one of the best comments in history, I'd say we're going to lose that bet tonight, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I would say that's uh, that's safe to say. But Operation 868 has been... <laughs> it's a fair conclusion. It, it definitely. Um, but no, Operation 868 is going really well. Um, what are we, 35 and 19 on Moneyline bets? Uh, just really I believe unparalleled so, yeah. in, in the sports betting business in terms of hockey. And we're giving these picks away for free. So if you're not following us on Instagram or checking out our daily TikToks. Well, you should get on that because we are giving out free money. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to follow us, I mean, if you don't like making money, then don't follow, I guess, but uh, I'd probably consider following. But Nate, uh, big NFL weekend ahead. Uh, we've got the conference championships, the semifinals, the two winners will face off in the Super Bowl. I'm really excited for it. Oh, hell yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what do we have? We have Bills. Bills are playing Chiefs. Bills and Chiefs and uh, Buccaneers and Packers. Correct? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, four best quarterbacks in the league this season, in my opinion, with Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and and uh, Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, it's going to be you know, the ultimate viewership in terms of football goes. Who are you taking this weekend? What are you thinking? Um, Nate, I'm going to be honest. I'm going with the Chiefs over the Bills. Patrick Mahomes seems to be healthy. He did leave the game last week and, and really gave the Browns a shot to win. But I like I like the Chiefs winning. I like them, them beating the Bills. I guess the, it could be a windy day in Kansas City, but uh, you know the score could be on the lower end of things, uh, as we will hear later on uh, talking to our guest. But, um, but, no, I like the Chiefs over the Bills. And I'm going to be riding with my guy, Tom Brady. I'm going with the Buccaneers to beat the Packers this week. Um, okay. It's just one of those guys. I mean, not only am I a huge fan, but he just gets it done. He's the clutchest player in the history of the game and, and arguably the best player that the sport's ever seen. So I'm not going to bet against him because, you know, why would I? So I'm on the Buccaneers and I'm on the Chiefs. I love it. It's going to be sweet, man. As you said, four best quarterbacks too. That's just, Mark, like, you can't beat that. That's what they want, you know? Like, oh, it's going to be phenomenal ufc this weekend is gonna be crazy too oh i can't wait no we've got uh we've got dylan beck coming on to to break down the fights and break down the uh the card of ufc 257 so what do you think is a good time to get into it yeah i think so i mean may as well send it over to him rather than than us about it and then talk about it again so let's go ladies and gentlemen the daily intermission is pleased to have on 
Masters of Business and Exercise Science, flag football magician, and most importantly, our UFC insider, Dylan Beck. Dylan, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, boys. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. That's, uh, fuck, that's quite an intro, but uh, I'll, take a, uh, I'll take a quick tire pump to start my Friday. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's a uh, big fan of the show. You guys are killing it over there. Uh, Greg, I didn't realize you were such a fucking tech wizard. If I hadn't known that and Freddie, I would have come you to do a little bit more in the group works but uh if i had known you're such an it guy honestly i've been just kind of going with the flow it's been uh you know you're early saying- november nate and i decided that we were going to get this thing off the ground and yeah you know honestly it's it's uh it's just been a lot of uh a lot of googling and a lot of uh, trial and error i think that we've gotten a little bit better as it's gone but i mean not, i mean nothing uh nothing earth shattering about this operation. you should see him trying to whip a tiktok together <laughs> he's uh not a social media guy but it's an absolute those. mess he's uh he's faking it till he makes it that's that's the mantra i, I love it over there <laughs> hey listen what uh what number guest am i anyways am i seven or eight uh it's a good I question i mean we've had we, uh, we've had so many we can't keep track <laughs> <laughs> well fuck boys i would have liked to have been you know that inaugural spot maybe even the two three hole but uh you know, I guess we won't cry over spilt milk. We'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep her moving here, and we'll try to keep some professionalism here. <laughs> no, for sure. No, we, but you got the nod, which you knew was coming. Um, yeah, you know, it's good to crack the lineup. I'm in the eight hole. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> no, we definitely certainly haven't had eight. I think you're four or five. But listen, we got a big weekend ahead, Dale. We got UFC 257. They're on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, it's highly anticipated i know i'm looking forward to watching those fights saturday night but uh but just to kind of set the stage for our listeners uh what do people have to uh look forward to for this weekend oh uh, well yeah i mean like you said ufc 257 mcgregor poirier two uh the king is back the face of the fight game conor mcgregor makes his return to the octagon it's been uh i think it's been a year and a week since his last fight against cowboy cerrone which was uh january 2020 and how 2020 felt that uh that feels like it was fucking five years ago but uh a, a year and change it was a bit of a frustrating 2020 for connor he uh he kind of came into the year with like the plan to fight twice maybe three times depending on how things go which is definitely an active year for a fighter and um obviously you know came out looked great against cerrone but then the pandemic hit and a couple other things the ufc couldn't find him a fight that made sense for them and connor wanted to fight and obviously you saw his uh air quote retirement in the summer uh so yeah frustrating 2020 for Connor, but uh, good to have him back in the in fighting in 2021. And yeah, like you said, a little bit of a different fight this time for Connor. It's uh, out in Dana White's uh, Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, which is a bit of a conversation in its own right. But uh, normally when Connor fights, he's, he's generally fighting in Vegas. And, um, you know, you kind of miss the spectacle of a full Connor fight whenever Connor does fight in Vegas. From all accounts, the Irish really take over the city, which fuck to take over Las Vegas is really saying something. Uh, so sucks. We're not getting sort of like the, the true sort of buildup for a Connor fight, but uh, I mean, it's not too, too bad. Uh, this is the first week the UFC can actually get some fans back in the building since the pandemic hit. I think they got like two or 3000 fans over in Abu Dhabi. Don't quote me on the exact number. So uh, I'm sure Dana would like to have the full T-Mobile arena, 18,000 Irish drunk idiots screaming, ole, ole, ole. But uh, I'm sure he's not, he's not, you know, kicking himself too, too much selling 3000 Conor McGregor tickets in, in Abu Dhabi. I don't know what they cost, but I'm sure those fucking tickets are uh, not the cheapest things money could buy. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. As you stated, it's, it's McGregor Poirier too. Uh, the first fight, what was it? It was first round. No, 2014. I think McGregor had him pretty quick. Um, 
what do you think – what's your predictions for this time? Do you think it's going to be around the same, or do you think it's going to maybe be a long fight, go the distance here? Yeah, the so, yeah, I mean, like you said, the first fight was uh, back in September 2014. Uh, Connor, Connor, I think, finished him under two minutes with, uh, with a left-handed – probably wasn't Connor's like prettiest knockout. He kind of caught him in like a weird spot on the side of the head. Uh, it dropped him and then he put him away. I mean, Connor's had some, some pretty, pretty uh, masterful knockouts in his career. And obviously, you know, credit to him for getting it done that night. It wasn't the prettiest, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with the thing with whenever Connor fights is you're going to hear a lot of the mainstream media, like your skips, your Shannon's, your, uh, your Stephen A's and, and even your Max Kellerman, even though he comes from, from combat sport, you're going to hear their sort of, takes for a Connor fight, even though they don't really follow the MMA landscape and they don't really know what's going on sort of day to day. So they just kind of give this, you know, their sort of wild takes. And I think what you're going to hear from them is that, you know, okay, they've already fought, you know, Connor knocked them out within two minutes. This is kind of like Connor's stepping stone fight. It's a gimme matchup. So uh, he can set up a fight for either Habib or, or for a world title next. But um, I think when you go back and look at that first fight and you kind of look at it now, I mean, obviously Connor could very well knock him out again under two minutes. That's just kind of what Connor does. And uh, we can kind of touch on the betting side of it there later. But um, if you kind of go back and look at that fight, if someone was to tell you that it's going to be the exact same, because we've already seen that happen, I would take that with a pretty large pinch of salt. Um, you know, you go back and look at that first fight. So there's a lot of variables in that first fight that probably aren't going to be in this fight. And there's a few variables in this fight that probably weren't in the first fight. So uh, going back and looking at that fight, the first thing that jumps out is uh, – AA was fought at a different weight class. So they fought at 145 pounds and this one that's featherweight. And this one's going to be at lightweight, which is 155 and 10 pounds might not seem like a difference, but uh, we can kind of talk about how Dustin's been since that fight. And the, the difference for him is, has been huge. Um, and then the, the other real thing that really jumps out is Connor was like so fucking deep in Dustin Poirier's head for that first fight. Uh, like Connor is obviously he's the best in the business when it comes to, you know, being on the mic and the mental warfare and getting inside people's melons and uh, no better example was it than this, maybe except the Aldo fight than it was for the Poirier fight. He was so deep in Dustin's head. So uh, there's one clip for the, uh, the buildup of the fight. It's uh, I don't know why or how it worked out, but essentially McGregor and Poirier were in the, uh, they were in the hotel lobby at the exact same time. I don't know if they were checking in. It was like the fighter's hotel or whatever. And uh, you can just tell. So they both know each other's there. They're probably like 50 feet apart. Connor's in this like little athleisure sort of sweatsuit with the fucking $300 sunglasses. <laughs> he's just like, he's got this big shit-eating grin and he's just trolling the absolute hell out of Poirier. And um, Poirier's head coach, Mike Brown, pulls him out because you can just kind of see like he's getting rattled just by McGregor being in his presence, right? Like he's just completely under this guy's skin. And uh, they, you know, Mike Brown, his, his coach pulls him out and the cameras follow him and Poirier looks back at the cameras and says like, I've never wanted to fucking hurt a guy so badly in my life. Like it's something along those lines. So you could just tell that Connor was very deep in his head and which for Dustin too, like if you listen to people, you know, who know the guy or who cover the sport and, and, you know, get to meet him on a personal level, like by all accounts, he's like one of the greatest, one of the great guys in the sport, he does a ton of charity work. He's a, you know, a veteran, um, one of the more likable guys, like respected. Uh, so for him to kind of be in that sort of state of mind in that fight uh, was kind of uh, was kind of something different. And that's just you know credit to Connor. He's like I said, he's the master at the mental warfare. Um, and then you know you kind of look at where Connor was at the time. So uh, Connor at the time of that fight was kind of like 
McGregor mania was just kind of like taken off. Like he was very popular around the UFC, but maybe like the casual sports fan never really heard of him. And this was kind of like one of those early fights in his sort of rise that was like, you know, he was McGregor mania was a rocket ship that nobody was fucking stopping. Uh, he fought the pound for pound number one, Jose Aldo, like a year and a half later and, you know, knocked him out in 13 seconds. So, um, you gotta, you gotta wonder kind of, you know, where McGregor's head's at now, you know, we've, you know, flash forward four years and, and then look at Dustin too. So Dustin, after that fight, uh, that's when he made the jump up to 155. Uh, and since then he only has two losses. Uh, one of them, one of them being against Michael Johnson, which was pretty early after he made the switch. And then the other against Habib, which fuck everyone loses to Habib. Um, in that time too, he's beaten some, he's beaten some pretty top guys. So, uh, he beat Eddie Alvarez essentially twice. One, the first time he was beating him pretty easily, Eddie kind of hit him with like a, a legal shot, which made it a no contest. And um, so he's beat Eddie Alvarez twice. He was a former lightweight champion. Uh, he beat Justin Gaethje, knocked him out. That's the guy who just fought for the world title against Habib. Uh, he beat Dan Hooker, who we'll kind of talk about. That was his last win. Uh, that was a five round war against Hooker uh, back in 2020. Uh, and probably his most impressive win was Max Holloway. So at the time was uh, on like a 12 fight win streak or something like that. A lot of people thought he was the greatest featherweight ever. Uh, he came up to challenge Poirier for the interim title, which kind of set the stage for the Habib fight. And, uh, you know, Dustin kind of beat him handily and beat, beat Max at his own game. So, uh, you know, Mac or Dustin Sari, since that first fight has come a long, long way. Uh, that was kind of his first big fight back then too. He's had three main events since then. So I don't think the stage is going to be too big for him. I don't think the, Mental warfare will be too big for him. They had their press conference uh, yesterday, actually, and it was very, like, cordial, very respectful. Connor was, you know, praised Dustin for where he's come and all the charity work and he's done. And so there was no sort of mental warfare. I don't think that's going to be a huge thing for it. And um, and then, yeah, you kind of look at Connor where he's at now. So, I mean, since then, fuck, the guy's probably made, like, $240 million in career earnings just on fighting alone, right? So, you, uh, you know, how yeah. – you boys, if you guys made 240 million over the course of you know four years, how motivated would you be to get up every day and get punched in the head? Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a big thing for Connor is kind of where's he at mentally? You know, he says he's you know he's dialed in, he's focused, he's never been more you know motivated. But uh, he said that against the Cerrone fight, and then he backed it up. But he also kind of said the same thing about the Habib fight, which obviously didn't go his way. So uh, motivated McGregor is kind of like a, a social media meme at this point for the MMA community, but. Uh, it, it's true. It's, you know, where's his, where's his hat at? Is, is he really ready to go? So uh, I guess those are two things I guess we'll kind of find out on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I watched a bit of that interview too, Dylan, and it, and it seemed uh, almost intimate at times, you know, each of us talking about um, uh, Connor's whiskey and, and Connor talking about, um, you know, the, the hot sauce that uh, – the hot sauce, yeah, that yeah, the, diamond, the diamond hot sauce, the diamond cutter. Yeah, so I mean, you know, both kind of promoting each other's products and charities, and um, you know, certainly not a typical Conor McGregor. Uh, yeah, he was he was kind of like that. I mean, I, I mean, maybe it's just you know, Conor obviously, you know, inside the cage and outside the last couple of years haven't been the nicest to him uh, since he's kind of jumped onto the scene. So, uh, you know, he, he was kind of like that in the Cerrone fight lead up to like a lot of respect, you know, a lot of. I don't want to say like humility because he also said he was going to knock him out in 60 seconds, but uh, <laughs> definitely a little less trash talk and a little bit more sort of respect for his opponents, which again, you go back and look at some of the pressers against like Diaz or Aldo, or even that first Poirier fight. And especially the Habib fight was definitely not the case. So I imagine if we do see the rematch with, uh, with the sometime down the road, he might 
switch back into that, uh, that mental warfare mode and maybe a little bit less respectful, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to see Connor kind of like this. Definitely. No deal. So looking, uh, looking at the rest of the card, you mentioned hooker a little bit, um, the, the pre-main or the co-main event, I should say. Um, but what do you, like, what are you looking like? Uh, what's it looking like on the card for, for some other fights to, to watch and, and what would you consider some, some best, some of your best bets, uh, for the, for the UFC 257 card? Yeah. So the UFC kind of has a formula for Connor. He's, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Floyd Mayweather sort of Manny Pacquiao uh, sort of formula where it doesn't really matter who the fuck's on the card as, as long as Connor's on the card, it's going to sell what it's going to sell. They could, uh, they could throw me and Greg in there for uh, helmets and gloves in the co-main and sell well over a million, uh, million pay-per-views. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of how they built it for the Cerrone fight. And, uh, that's kind of, it looked like that's how they were building it for this one. Uh, but kind of weirdly Dana added uh, a pretty interesting fight actually for, for the Coleman, uh, a couple weeks ago, which is not normally the norm. Normally they kind of like to have their cards finalized, you know, month, two months out. So that way the fighters have enough time to sort of get into their camps and whatnot. So the fight they added, uh, is Dan Hooker. Uh, versus Michael Chandler. So this is in the same division as as Connor and Dustin. Uh, and the quick sort of rundown on that fight. So Dan Hooker, who I just kind of talked about, came off a five-round war with Dustin Poirier. I'd say Poirier won that fight pretty, I don't want to say convincingly, but was the winner. But I mean, Dan gave him a pretty good run for his money for for five rounds. And uh, he's a, he's a, like kind of a fight of the night contender every time he fights. He's pretty stand-up. He likes to, you know, stand and trade and get into sort of slugfest with the guy he's fighting. And the guy he's fighting is interesting. So his name's Michael Chandler. He comes from Bellator, which is kind of like the, the B promotion, I guess, in UFC. It's, it's not really like a feeder system for the UFC. It's its own separate sort of promotion, but you know, they kind of get like, you know, they normally sign like wash up UFC guys who are kind of past their prime, or they kind of find these other young guys that you don't really hear of, but every now and then they'll have a fighter who's like kind of their champion, their guy who's kind of, you know, the dominant guy. And Michael Chandler's kind of been that for the last couple of years. And, whenever you get a good fighter from another promotion, the question's always, well, how good is he actually? Like, how would he do in the UFC? Uh, so he's coming over for uh, his first debut fight in the UFC against a, a tough guy in Dan Hooker. Um, as far as betting on that one, I'm not sure how that's going to go. I'd be lying to you if I said I've watched a ton of Chandler's fights. I don't really watch too, too much Bellator, but um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting one. Last time, uh, last time Bellator sent one of their, their big guys over, it was uh, Ben Askren and he, uh, he had a kind of a weird win against Robbie Lawler there. And then he fought Jorge Masvidal and Masvidal need his head into the fucking 300 suites at the T-Mobile arena. So <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that fight goes. Um, as far as sort of the Connor, the Connor Dustin fight. So yeah, it's a super interesting one. Um, you know, you look at how Connor fights. So Connor is kind of like a, you know, a world-class kickboxer. He obviously has that, that left hand, which is, uh, pound for pound, probably one of the most dangerous weapons in combat sport history. Like it, it puts you away. Uh, there's kind of like the quote uh, I heard once where it's, you know, when Connor hits you, you know, the guy immediately shows that he doesn't really know what just hit him. Um, so he's going to come, you know, he's going to come to come out, uh, hit hard, hit hard, hurt and often. Uh, he's, you know, he's got a lot of kicks in his, his arsenal too. So Connor has a lot of weapons on the feet that he's going to really try to, uh, explode on Dustin early. He's a fast starter. Um, the kind of the weakness for Connor is uh, I think he only really has one sort of, you know, chink in the armor, I guess, if you will. And uh, a lot of people will say it's his grappling. Uh, I think he's like a competent grappler, maybe not like a world-class wrestler, but uh, I think he's like competent at it. A lot of people will say 
Well, you know, Habib took him down pretty easily and then, you know, beat the wheels off of him on the ground. But, uh, you know, Habib just did that to an NCAA wrestler. So uh, to give you kind of a good comparison to say you're not a good wrestler because Habib took you down is like saying you're not a good skater because Connor McDavid beat you in a foot race. It's uh, not really, not really a fair comparison because like I said, Habib does that to everyone. Um, Connor's weakness really to me is it's, it's kind of always been his cardio and his gas tank. So he kind of comes out and, you know, when he wins, generally, uh, he comes out and he puts people away early. Uh, you saw it with the Cerrone fight, the Aldo fight, the Alvarez fight, um, the first Poirier, Poirier Connor fight. Uh, but whenever he kind of gets into trouble has been whenever he kind of gets into those later rounds. Um, so you go back and look at the first Nate Diaz fight. Uh, again, he came out firing, landed a lot of big shots early. And then sometime in the second round, he just kind of lost his gas tank. Then in the rematch, again, first, second round, he looked great, dropped him a few times, looked like he was going to run away with it pretty easily. And then somewhere in the third, fourth, third, fourth, fifth round, he, he kind of lost, uh, lost his cardio and, and they teed off on him for two rounds. He ended up getting the, you know, the decision win, 3-2. He squeaked out a round late in the fight, which uh, put him away. But again, cardio was a huge issue in that fight for him too. And then obviously it's not MMA, a little bit different, but also similar to the Floyd fight, kind of exact same thing. He went, he looked great the first five rounds and then, Sometime in the sixth or seventh, Floyd kind of tired him out and then teed off on him until he got the stoppage in the 10th. And uh, again, in the Khabib fight, same thing. Uh, Khabib warmed down, you know, to the point where they stood and traded for a full round in the third round. And if you had to said they were going to fight a full round on the feet uh, going into that fight, you would say that Connor was going to knock the, you know, the teeth out of Khabib. But they went three, they went for a full round on the feet. And Connor, while he won the round, didn't really do too much damage. So, uh, that's kind of a problem for, for Connor because Dustin, how he fights is he's kind of like a, a come forward boxer, always put the pressure on you, land volume strikes. Um, you know, he might not have that left hand or that power that Connor has, but he's going to hit you a lot and he's going to keep putting the pressure on you. So if you get tired against him, he's going to put you in for a long night, uh, especially as he gets into those third, fourth and fifth rounds. So Dustin's gas tank is uh, as good as anyone's in the game. Uh, like I said, that Max Holloway fight, that's what Max Holloway is, kind of the same thing. He's kind of like a pressure sort of volume strikes. He just beat the wheels off of some guy earlier this week where he outstruck him like 400 and something to like 50. Uh, so, yeah, for Dustin to do that against kind of the guy who kind of is the blueprint for volume striking, that's kind of where Connor will get into trouble is if that gets into the third, fourth, fifth round and Connor is starting to look a little tired and hasn't been able to put Dustin away. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I think, I think Connor could be in trouble uh, as far as betting goes. So uh, Connor, Connor's an interesting guy to kind of watch whenever he fights as far as Vegas goes. So obviously Vegas has such a huge skin in the fight game. You know, Vegas is the fight capital of the world and betting is such a huge part of it. And Connor is kind of like the big spectacle for, uh, for gambling, for, for fights. Uh, Connor, what normally happens, and I say normally intentionally, cause there's one example recently that would make you think differently, but generally what happens is, you know, the lines open up, uh, Connor opens up whatever he opens up at. And then so many people just want to get on that sort of McGregor hype. You know, they're going to watch the fight. They want to have a little stake in the game. They don't even know who the other guy is. So they're just going to throw money on Connor. And what ultimately happens is Connor's lines always shift like crazy from the time it opens to the time of the fight. So um, this fight, for example, I think he opened up that like, like minus 170. And I think right now he's, he's his money lines at like minus 310. So uh, obviously a huge, huge gap there uh, as if the lines would make you think, but that's just because so much money is being put on Connor. So um, 
it's kind of interesting because like you're not going to get a lot of value out of Connor. So, you know, Vegas is going to tax you if you want to take Connor. It's kind of like betting on the Chiefs. Uh, Vegas knows you're going to take the Chiefs. So, or you're going to want to take the Chiefs. So they're going to kind of tax you and, you know, they're going to make the spreads a little bit tougher. And, you know, if you're going to take Connor, you're going to have to earn it and you're going to have to find value somewhere else. So there's a reason why the Chiefs haven't covered a, uh, a spread in 10 weeks, right? It's because Vegas is, you know, they're going to give them a harder spread and it's going to be difficult for them to cover. Um, which I guess kind of flips it over. It's if you wanted to bet on Dustin Poirier, you're going to get a ton of value. Uh, he, he's right now, I think I'd have to go and look, but I think he's, uh, he's like plus 260 right now or something like that. So, um, you know, if Connor's minus 310 and Dustin's plus 260, I think that was kind of close to what the Chiefs and Jets were in like week 11. So uh, the gap between uh, Connor and Dustin is definitely not the gap between the Chiefs and the Jets. Um, obviously I think Connor's the favorite and rightfully so, but, um, yeah, as far as the betting goes, if you were looking to bet on Poirier, there's a ton of value there. Um, Dylan, you mentioned it earlier, um, quotation or air quotes retirement. I was just wondering, me and Greg were talking about this in one of our early episodes, how the guys will retire all the time and then just end up coming back. Is that something they do for like bargaining to get more money or is it just like, like, what's the deal with that? Because it seems like every other day it's a guy retiring and then he's back, unretired. Like, what, what's the deal? Yeah, no, it's uh, – I mean, it's for different reasons, right? So, I mean, Connor, Connor's probably retired and unretired twice since we started recording. So, uh, I get it if from the outside looking in, you hear something like that happens. And, um, yeah, it's – it's you obviously take it with a huge pinch of salt. It's each guy does it for different reasons for Connor. You know, he did it again last, last year. And it was basically, you know, everyone in the world knew he wasn't retired, but it was just basically him saying to the UFC, look, find me a fucking fight, find me someone that I can go with. Like I'm sick of sick of waiting to, to get back in. I'm ready. I'm eager. Get me back in there. It was basically like a, Hey Dana, if I leave, you know, you're losing your golden ticket. Um, not that, you know, I'm sure Dana, probably just like the rest of us knew he wasn't actually serious. But, and the other thing too, is it puts the fans kind of start to put pressure on the UFC, right? It's like, you know, our, our guys retire and he wants to fight. Why can't you guys find him a fight? So there's bargaining things. And I mean, each guy does it for different reasons. I mean, uh, you know, Habib is obviously kind of the more relevant one that uh, he's retired, but is he actually, and you know, Habib's a little bit different for, than then Connor in the sense that I don't think it's like a negotiation ploy by any means. Connor or Habib and Dana have a pretty good relationship, um, you know, from, from what you hear. So I think, I think his was just more so, you know, the loss of his father was you know a tough one for him. He, he died due to complications with COVID. Um, if you kind of follow Habib, you know, just how important his dad was, not just as a dad, but he was kind of like his coach too. Um, and then, you know, he kind of said, you know, I couldn't go through fight camp without, uh, without my dad, my old man being there behind me. And then, um, you know, his mother said, you know, I don't want you to fight without him kind of thing. So, uh, and then the other thing too, it, it was obviously a pretty emotional sort of reactional sort of moment for him. So, uh, I can't tell you whether Habib will come back or not. Um, Ariel Hawani couldn't tell you that. So I'm sure as fuck not gonna, but, uh, I, I think we'll see what happens here. If, you know, maybe he does do the rematch with Connor. Um, you know, the GSP thing's an interesting one that could potentially happen. Uh, you know, maybe the rematch with Poirier or maybe Dan Hooker or Michael Chandler look like world beaters and that, that intrigues him too. Habib's kind of, you know, for a guy who's probably made a, you know, a boatload of money over the last two years, uh, he lives a pretty low maintenance lifestyle. Uh, so it's not really like a money thing for him or like a, you know, a fame thing for him, for him, he just, you know, he wants to build his, you know, legacy, I guess you could say. And, um, for him right now, he just, that's kind of where he's at. He's probably going to stay retired unless there's something that really kind of intrigues him. I'm, uh, 
I'm always, you know, a little taken off with the, with the retirement calls. But like you said, you've got to take it with a grain of salt and, and really kind of, uh, I guess, peel the layers back and, and truly understand what's going on and the motive behind these guys. Um, but Dill, I guess before, you know, we let you, we let you go and, and, uh, and uh, wrap things up, lay us some best bets for the, for UFC 257. Yeah. So I have, I have three bets going. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, I truly think Connor gets it done. I, I think he's back. Uh, the matchup I think favors him, especially those first couple rounds. Um, yeah. I think, you know, he's, Poirier is the kind of style that, you know, Connor can pick apart and, and land big shots early on. So uh, my three bets are going to be, I'm going to take Connor to win in the first round. Uh, I'm going to take him to win in the second round. I know that kind of contradicts itself, but there's a method to my madness. And then I'm going to take the, uh, the under and total rounds at two and a half. Um, so I think if Connor puts him away early, which I think is kind of his clear, clear way to victory, then, uh, you know, if he puts away in the first, then I'll make a little money. The put away in the second pays a little bit extra. So if he puts him away in the second, uh, it'll be a nice profitable day. But, uh, if you do those three bets and then, you know, Connor does put them away early, you're, uh, you're going to make a little change. This weekend, we got a uh, championship, uh, Sunday, we got, uh, we got bills traveling to Kansas city to take on the chiefs. And we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Packers, just, uh, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. Who do you like and why? Ah, uh, fuck. Well, I, it looks like Mahomes is going to play. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's obviously huge for the chiefs. I think right now they're at about two and a half at home favorites. So, uh, if Mahomes is playing, obviously I, I love that bet. Um, uh, I think the over set pretty high and it's going to be a windy as fuck day in Kansas city. We just kind of saw what happened in, in Buffalo against the Ravens, what a windy day can do to a, to an over. So I kind of might be looking towards the under in that one. And I mean, green Bay, Tampa, you know, you know, I, you know how I feel about your boy Brady. So, uh, I'm going to lean towards, uh, the pack on this one. Uh, I really want Rogers to get that second ring. So, uh, hopefully the pack can pull that one out, but I mean, you know, seeing Tom, seeing a Tom Mahomes uh, Super Bowl wouldn't be the worst thing either. Oh, I already threw down 50 bucks on Poirier and I'm fucking regretting it. <laughs> hey, no, listen, uh, it, to be honest, like I said, it's, it's plus a lot of, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for the plus. <laughs> I, uh, no, man, it's, uh, like I said, he's uh, the gap, you know, the, the line doesn't reflect the gap between them. Like there's a ton of good value on Poirier and I don't think you're crazy for betting on him. And to be honest, if, if I was a better and I was watching the fight and we get into after round two and let's just say Connor hasn't put him away, uh, those live odds would be fucking juicy. Cause you know, Connor's probably won the first two rounds and Poirier's probably going to play like plus like 900 if he, if he survives those first two rounds live. And um, I think if you like Poirier too, you also have to like the, the total and, uh, total over and, and total rounds, which is, I think he's paying like plus, plus like 170 right now. So, um, if you like Poirier, Nate, I think you should also get in on the, uh, over total rounds. I don't see how, if Poirier does win, how he's going to win in the first two. Um, so maybe, maybe double down on your gamble there and, uh, sprinkle a little extra and live life a little dangerously there. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, Dill, I'm sure, uh, you know, there's going to be lots of big fights. The Khabib-McGregor fight, I went in. Okay. I'll just go fuck myself here. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> uh, well, I was just having a good conversation with Dylan there before I was rudely interrupted. Um, no, I was just talking about last time I bet on the Khabib-McGregor um, fight. Because um, where you were saying you went the first two rounds on Connor, I had, I think I had third round submission, fourth round submission, and fifth round submission. And then, so I had everybody screaming the Khabib one, and I was sitting there just counting money because he had the fourth round submission. I didn't yeah, that, four, that fourth round sub probably would have paid pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was nice. 
Yeah. But yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on boys. Looking forward to, to coming back on. It's uh, hopefully I can make the viewers a little bit of money. You guys, uh, your best, what your operation 868 or what's it called, whatever it is, it's uh, made me a couple bucks. So I uh, got to thank you for that. So hopefully uh, I can return the favor for you this weekend. Nate, best of luck to you, brother. I wish I could say I'm cheering for you, but I'm uh, hoping McGregor goes to work early on, on our guy, Dustin. <laughs> You're a good man, Dale. Thanks for coming on. Buddy. Too, man. Hopefully it's a good scrap anyway. Thanks, boys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get down to the big city there up to the valley so I can see you soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you later, boys. Have a good one. Charlie Brown, some shit is better to